All right, if you guys have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 2. We are going to be in verse 13, but then we're going to skip over to 19 through 23. And so if you guys have uh, your, um, prayer, your Matthew prayer, you can pray along. If not, that's okay. Uh, I, will, I will pray it, and so I invite you guys to pray this with me. Our Father, allow your Holy Spirit to reveal to us this wise picture of Jesus' life. Teach us to listen, consider, and implement what we see into the way we live. Let us see your kingdom anew, and let our desires be to seek and follow your ways. Jesus, we want to be your disciples. Help us live our lives for you. Amen. Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 and 19 through 23. Now, when they had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Skip down to verse 19. But when Herod died, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And they rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned in, warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. I was telling Angie before the service, I am so glad that we are in Matthew. I love it so much. One of the original questions that I had for this is, where do you come from? What is God doing in your life? Like, how is what God has brought you through and where he's brought you through impacted where you're at today? We're not even going to talk about that, but that you can have that and think about that, meditate on that if you would like. But in God's kingdom, right, this whole thing is about this coming King Jesus and God's kingdom. In God's kingdom, we should expect to seek great things and see amazing things that God has done. We should expect to see signs and wonders, prophecies spoken and fulfilled, and dreams dreamed and miracles happen. We see this time and time again in Matthew. Now, one of the cool things about this time in Matthew is we don't control it, but we get to see it all the time in this scripture. We see it all the time in the life of Jesus. Jesus shows up, something happens. I think they're going to be in the front, Ty. Um, I was watching some videos this week of what's the things that are going on at Ashbury University in Kentucky. And um, for the last 10 or 11 days now, they've had a continuous worship service. It started with their just every day. It's a Christian cult. It's a Christian university. It started every day with their chapel service and just that they have three days a week uh, anyway. And it just hasn't ended. They, uh, 
They have seen, been seeking Jesus and his goodness, and tons of folks have come and repented and met Jesus for the first time, and it appears that there's been some healings that have taken place and some miracles that have taken place, and the prayers that are being offered for us as uh, people of God and for the kingdom of God are happening around the clock. One professor there said, we are witnessing a surprising work of God. And as I watched these videos, I could not see one person my age. I'm not saying that one person my age wasn't there. I'm just saying I couldn't see anybody who appeared to be in their 40s. It was a sea of college kids coming and worshiping together. And it was a beautiful thing. And as I thought about it, I mourn the fact that as we get older, the less time we have to possibly attend an all-day worship service or get caught up in something like this. We simply lack the resources to have this happen. Maybe it's time because you have a job. You don't want to get fired. Like God's not asking you to get fired for this thing. But, um, but so mainly we don't have the time. You know, it would be irresponsible to go into an all-day worship session and ignore your children for 10, 11 days. That wouldn't be what God would have you do. He's got you in a different season of life. And so in one sense, just having it be all college kids, this is a beautiful thing that they get to, that they get the freedom to be able to participate in. But, um, but the other thing is that we don't have is maybe we don't have is I'm talking about the older folks. Maybe we don't have the imagination that this would be a possibility for us, right? Expectation is a young person's game a lot of the times, but it doesn't have to be reserved for the youth. It doesn't have to be. I'd imagine that there is an expression that God is moving and at work and he appears to be in this situation, at least in these folks' lives, but even as we were talking about it this morning, it's not just happening in these folks' lives. It's impacting and encouraging me. I know it's impacting and encouraging Jim and others as well because we're talking about this. We can see that God is just like, oh man, God, will you please do something? It's building up an expectation. And I believe that even though it doesn't have to look like this revival that's happening in Ashbury, God is at work and moving even here and now and even in our tiny little worship service, we can expect to see the signs and wonders that accompany the kingdom of God. We can expect to dream dreams and see amazing works, things happening in God's kingdom that our modern eyes and our modern ears don't understand and would dismiss. And yet God is giving us a glimpse of his kingdom breaking through. And we get to be excited for that. We get to be excited for that. As I watched these videos, I also saw some Christians criticizing what's going on in Ashbury. That's the way we do, right? Like, well, I don't know. It's, it's, and that's just the way we did. And, but it's not just in Ashbury, by the way. It's spread to other places. It's, it's kind of cool. And the criticism, though, kind of bums me out for one reason mainly. And that is because our theology or our dispositions, right? Like, man, I'll be honest. I don't want to go sit in a college all day worshiping like that. I don't want to do that. So our dispositions or, or our theology don't dictate what God can or will do for us. That's why it bums me out that we don't get to control God. 
They're not controlling him there, and we don't get to control him and say, no, he can't do those things. And, I'm, and again, I'm not saying I want to sit around a college campus singing and praying for 10 days straight. It's not something I'm necessarily interested in. I have my wonderings why there isn't anyone there my age, but, and, and again, that's more like jobs, et cetera, but mature responsibilities that you just don't have in college. And, and it's more than just imagination or et, et expectation, and yet, this is what I would love to experience. And I would love, I long for us to experience a move of God in such a powerful way where nothing else matters. Where nothing else matters. And I believe the time will come when we will see this more clearly. I believe that it could and even will happen at Grace and Mercy Church. I actually expect God's power to come anew every single week and break through the status quo. Break through our just normal works and our normal work uh, week and do something amazing in and through us so that we can go forth from here and proclaim the goodness of God in such a way that people don't quite understand. But we don't control God. You know what we get to do? We get to simply pray and ask. We get to expect and wait, but we can also posture ourselves to expect while we wait. We don't have to be the critic or limit our own expectations or understanding because God can work. He does work. The Holy Spirit is alive and working in us a deeper understanding of Jesus' work in his, this kingdom of God that we get to live into. Now, I say all that, and you may say, well, what does that have to do with the text? I believe this is what Joseph did. He prayed, he waited, he expected. And it's something that he has, uh, that he, Joseph in particular, has been teaching me as we've been in the book of Matthew, even before we get to John the Baptist. John the Baptist is next week and beyond. We see Joseph waiting, expecting, God speaking to him, and Joseph acting. As we add in verse 13 to 19 and 23, we see that the angel has already told Joseph, I will tell you when. That was the second time an angel visited him in a dream. And today we see the third time in verses 19 through 23 that an angel visited Joseph in a dream. After the second visit, I believe Joseph, as he left and he went down to Egypt, he was paying attention. He was waiting. He was wanting God to speak in a dream again and say, let me go back home. Let me go to this land that my for- you promised to my forefathers. He was expecting it. And when he heard God's plan, you know what he did? He acted. But you know what he did? Almost more importantly, you know what he did until that time? He stayed put. He waited and he prayed and he expected God to move. And there is so much that we can learn from Joseph posturing about posturing ourselves in expectation to hear from God and then act on what he has for us. Okay, I'm going to go, I actually wrote this sermon with every single person in this room and then some that aren't in this room in mind today. And when I say that, I'm talking to the children, I'm talking to the men here, I'm talking to the women here, and if you're taking notes, then write down this question because it's going to be important. So I know the Mitchell boys are going to be taking notes this morning, right? So you guys got this. And we're going to, we're going to, um, and I told Charlotte, Charlotte earlier this week, I said, Hey, I got something for you in this sermon today, right? So this is what I've got this question. 
Because God can speak to each one of us here. We're never too old and we're never too young. God can break through our hearts. So are you ready for the question? All right. How does God speak to you? You don't have to answer it. It's a rhetorical question, which means you get to think about this, right? How does God speak to you? Have you ever spent time trying to figure this out? Uh, How do you make the time for God to speak to you? How, or we can ask it this way, how are you going to posture yourself to be ready to hear from God? Apparently, Joseph just went to bed, right? He just went to bed one night, and then God came to him in a dream. Because remember, we can't control God. There are times, even when we posture, that we can hear God more clearly than others, but we can also go through this life and ignore most of what God is trying to speak to us. But here are some ways that God speaks that we might look to to practice these. So these are practical tips, which is not my forte in a sermon, but here you go. Number one, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Pay attention to what God does in Scripture. This will give us a better idea of the types of things that God speaks into our lives. Not only that, but he will never go against Scripture. He will never go against Scripture. He will never tell us to worship Satan. Praise Jesus, right? He will never say, abandon your family and go after money. He won't say things like that because that goes against what the Scriptures are saying. He will not do this. And he has left for us in Scripture a great pictures of his works, what his kingdom looks like, the deeds that will happen in them, and the motives behind it. Now, some parts of scriptures are clearer than other parts. Amen? If you've ever read it, like you got massive questions. Even the Apostle Peter said about Paul's letters that some things in them are hard to understand. But at the same time, scripture is a living document. It's alive. It speaks to us. For the last 2,000 years, God has used scripture to tell us about Jesus in this kingdom of God that we get to live into. Since this kingdom, the kingdom that we pray for every single week, is different than the one that we live in every single week, we get a picture of it, and we get to read the scriptures, we get to examine them, we get to meditate, which meditate means to chew on slowly, drain all the marrow out of those bones, think about it, and and meditate it on it day and night, and we keep reading it over and over Because it speaks to us differently at different times. I've read my Bible a lot over the years. I remember starting as a kid. I can go to my very first Bible and I can see underlined sections. And it actually takes me back to when I was four or five. Remember one of my first thoughts was he has the whole world in his hands. Because like a picture in the Bible said that. And you know what? I still believe that today. I still pray that today. The Bible speaks unlike any other book I've read multiple times, right? If you've read any book multiple times, sometimes you can get into them and they help, right? Just any old book. But scripture, it's alive. It's alive. I can't explain it. It's, it's more alive than anything I've ever read. And our lives should be shaped by the scriptures and God speaking to us through them. That's why we keep preaching the scriptures every week. That's why we're here. We want to hear from them. So we ask, how does God speak to you? God is in scripture. 
He's in the life of Jesus. It's pretty wild how when God shows up in what he does, it's far less tame than any church service I've ever been to. And I've been to some crazy ones, a lot crazier in here, but yet God does, <laughs> God does some things that are pretty miraculous and pretty amazing. Imagine being there with Jesus when he sees a widow and her, uh, her son is dead and they're mourning and Jesus just reaches in the casket and says, come on, man, get up. Or whatever he says, right? It's translated into English. It's pretty wild when Jesus shows up, what happens? Okay, the second thing that we can do to ask how God speaks to us is we can pray and we can ask God to speak to us. We can ask God to show up. And as we talk to God, as we get used to talking to God, we get to ask him to show up in our lifetime. How many times? Just once? No. Every day. Over and over and over again. In fact, we never get to stop asking him to show up because we want to follow him. We want to move in his ways. And we will go through seasons in life where we feel like God is answering every prayers. We've been through those seasons. I love the prayers in Ashbury because I think that they're feeling that. They're prayers of God, will you bring a revival? And then they're experiencing that. But then we'll also go through seasons of life where we have the same prayers for years and years and years. We know we're praying what God has asked us to pray and we feel like he's silent and we get to keep asking. We get to keep asking. You know why? Because we don't control God. If we did, uh, he wouldn't be God. Amen? Oftentimes, asking is all we have. So we pray. All we have is the ability to cry out. And so I pray that we may do that. And I wrote this prayer, Holy Spirit, teach us all, everyone in this room, to hear from you. Open our ears and our hearts to hear your voice. Okay, the third thing that I wrote down that might help us in seeing God speak to us is after we've read the scriptures, we're in prayer and it's not like step by step. So don't hear that, but we can, number three, we can expect God to act like he does in scripture and then never stop expecting it. A life with Jesus is not as boring as most church services. Amen. It is far more exciting and adventurous I want us all to give our lives to Jesus and follow him in his ways. And if we hear from him and act according to what he speaks for us, then we get to consider the things in our life, what, what, how God speaks to us. For Joseph, it was in dreams. At least we see it three times in scripture. As for us, it may be something different. I can only speak to how God's spoken to me or how I've heard him speak to others. I've had far more than one dream that God has shown me and it's come to pass. Can't explain it. I didn't control it. He's also given me visions and I can't explain them other than the fact that they're like dreams, but you're awake. And God, in these visions, he's shown me things that were going to happen and then they happened. Can't explain it. I'm not trying to justify it either. I'm just saying it happened. God gave visions in Scripture, and the Holy Spirit still gives them to us today. I believe this wholeheartedly. God uses other people all the time. And if we expect God to use other people all the time, then we're going to seek out what He has for us through the voice of others. And it's not just Christians either. 
God uses non-Christians to speak to his people all throughout the scriptures. So we can listen. But again, they never, it's never, again, it's not like, well, this guy said I should seek after money. No, that's not it. Because that goes against scripture. But even when um, uh, one of the, the high priests who didn't like Jesus and wanted to put him to death said, well, well, if one man should die for the sins of many. And to that we say amen, because he was speaking into what Jesus was actually doing. God uses people all the time. And we get to see these things as encouragement and seek. And as we seek, we will find Jesus. Not only that, as we expect, as, to, as he acts in Scripture, and he never stops actually acting, he also uses wisdom in situations to speak to us. All these things. And he doesn't speak to us necessarily the same way every single time. Let us seek his speaking to us. And let us expect as we listen and as we posture ourselves to listen. The fourth thing, and this will be last. We also get to discern. Uh, I think about it this way. Angie, raise your hand if you're a feeler. (laughs) Total feeler. Not everything we feel is from God. Not everything we think is from God is from God. So you know what we get to do? We get to discern. We get to take it up in prayer when God is speaking and go, is this from God or not? That means that we sit there, and this takes time and practice, amen? It takes making mistakes. It takes sometimes you think you heard them, but you didn't, and you acted. And so it takes time and practice. But if we know our scripture, then we are able to see if what we are hearing lines up with what God has done in the past, and it's important This is super important that we don't manufacture God speaking to us. That we don't contrive it. Again, that's controlling God. You know what we do? We wait. And we allow God to speak. And when God speaks, we will be ready to hear and act what he has told us. And in that, as we speak, if if we hear something a little bit crazy, we get to go and seek wisdom. I was thinking about uh, Bruchko. If you guys have ever read the story of Bruchko, it's amazing. And he's just this missionary at the age of 19 that went out into uh, a tribe in the Amazon jungle. And uh, he was there for a lot of years and the whole tribe got saved. Jesus used him to save the whole tribe. Every single person that he got counsel from, even pastors and people in the church, told him, don't go. Don't go. And God kept on saying, they're wrong. Go. They're wrong. Go. However, most of the time I'll say this. God uses people to speak wisdom. And so we need to listen to that. But when God says do something, we get to do it. We get to do it. We don't know what he's doing. And as we seek God, we are promised that we will find him, period. So let us seek his speaking to us. Let us seek these things. Joseph heard from God in dreams. And as we go through Matthew, we will see Jesus speak in amazing ways because he is the good shepherd who will lead us and guide us. Amen? He is the good shepherd who will lead us and guide us. Now, we don't know... uh, we know now that we know that God can speak again, like Joseph, when God speaks, we listen and we obey. 
That's a word you children have heard all the time. We listen and we obey what God has for us to do. You know what? He might ask us to do some pretty crazy things. Amen? He might ask for us to start a nonprofit on Casino Road. He might ask us to start a, a, a church and lead it. He might ask us many different things, but he sometimes asks us crazy things, things that don't make sense. And you know what we get to do? Follow his leading in faith because we can trust that his kindness will lead us on and we will get to see his face. And if it's a dream or a scripture story, we just know that this is what God has for us. And as we listen, then we act. I was talking to a friend recently who had a huge decision to make. A decision that not only impacted my friend and their spouse, but it would impact hundreds, if not thousands of people. It was a very, very big decision that they had to make. Uh, their spouse said, well, uh, you are a Christian and you have access to a God that um, I don't. And so why don't you make the decision? And they had been praying about this decision for, for a few years now. And it would, it would be in uh, uh, praying and they were seeking scripture and they were seeking God out. They're reading and meditating on scripture, praying and paying attention that God might speak. One day this person was on a hike when God, they felt like God say, okay, I'm saying it's a little subjective, but it lines up with scripture. When the time comes, you'll know the right option. That is what was spoken to him. Then they saw in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of this hike, like two miles in, they, said, they saw a sign that says uh, something along the lines that just kind of confirmed that, that was out. They'd never been on this hike before. They were presented, then what happened was they were presented with a number of options. The best option that was on paper, they looked at it, they read it, and God said, no, not this one. Now, when they said, no, not this one, it actually cost my friend a, a lot to say no to this one. But it was clear that God was telling this person, no, not this one. Then as they went through, as they went through, they said, and God, remember, they're leaning that God knew which one to choose. It, it's a good example of how God and can speak. This person was soaked in scripture, devouring scripture, trying to find God's way, seeking him with all their heart, soul, and mind. I would say wholeheartedly is how Psalm 119 would say it. They were wholeheartedly seeking Jesus. They were constantly in prayer over the issue. They were having friends pray for them over their issue. They were not forcing God or telling God what to do. They were asking and expecting that God would show up. And the discerning part that they felt like God say when they read the one, they said this one. They didn't just say, okay, and leave it there. They continued to do their due diligence, lift it up in prayer, keep praying, keep seeking scriptures, keep seeking God, keep seeing, God, is this it? Is this it? I'm willing to abandon it if you want, even though this would cost me as well. And they did this thing. They double, triple, triple checked the process because God was leading them. God was leading them. And not only that, I know that through this process, they made sure that the things that they'd made commitment to, like we're going to take care of the people that we are responsible for, God honored that. God has honored that the entire way because God was leading them. Okay, one last thing before we leave this scripture. Kings come and go, but Jesus remains forever. Amen? God's love endures 
How long? Forever. In the scripture, we see Herod died, and his son Archelaus came and led. But you know what happened to Archelaus? He eventually died as well. But you know who remains? Jesus, our king. Jesus is not dead. Amen? Jesus is not dead. Here in Matthew, we've seen Jesus' birth, and we will continue to look and see his life. We will also see his death. But like any other king that has ever lived, we will also see Jesus' resurrection. He did rise again, and he is still alive. Amen? The kingdom of God is different. Praise Jesus. The kingdom of God is different. It is full of surprises and amazing things. It's full of wonders, and this whole Christian life is full of wonders if we allow it. Let us expect God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. We pray it every week. We pray it every week that grace and mercy has ever met. And let us posture ourselves to hear from our very much alive Savior and friend, Jesus Christ. Amen? He is still at work. He is as alive as ever. His working is still working wonders in and among us, even if we can't see him. And may he never quit. And may he never, and may we never quit seeking him out, seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all this will be added to us. So Lord, I pray that you will bring revival. Let us see and know your work. Let us expect and ask to see your great wonders and miracles. Do them in our lives and in the lives of those around us, Lord. Let us witness and see. Give us the imagination and discernment to hear your voice and to know your works and praise your name for these things. In Jesus' name, amen.